0: Welcome back to another ESL podcast, guys. Here we go. This is a two-part podcast. This is developing writing, describing a place. Now, the second part is on my Patreon if you want to have the write-up and how to systematically and, you know, uh, how to break everything down into an essay, into, uh, let's say, very uh, perfect paragraphs. So again, you guys are going to have to go on my Patreon to get the second part of this. But the part that I'm explaining today, it's a little bit of speaking, okay? It's a couple of things in terms of inhabitants and where people live and basing them on the 10 categories. The results from 2014 in terms of the best cities to live in the world and then some vocabulary to describe uh, cities as well as the definitions. So guys, man, we have a lot today. This might be about a 15-minute podcast or whatnot, but oh my goodness, I love doing this, but again, you guys can journal this. These speaking topics that I'm getting ready to recite out loud, yes, you can focus on this and speak it out loud, all right? So, what you need to do is get a partner and start speaking about these things. So, choose Three cities. Now, I'm probably going to put the photos on my blog, so you'll have to look at the blog to check out and see, hey, what are some areas that you would like to live in, okay? What types of cities would you prefer and why? So, I'll give you an example of what you might see on the blog, right? Let's say uh, Dalat. Now, Dalat, oh, my God, Dalat, Vietnam. I'm going to be going there uh, potentially uh, September 1st. This is going to be a lot of traveling, as a matter of fact, for the next couple of months. Uh, Philippines, Vietnam, and uh, doing my kicking off my Arsenio Buck Foundation in the south of Thailand. So excited about that. Um, But Dalat, Dalat is, oh my God, you just need to look it up on Google. Because what it has, it has a lot of fog and clouds that are very low, and they run through. You know what? Let me just pull up the picture real quick. Because, boy, I need to describe to you exactly what it looks like by me looking at it. Oh, my goodness. Now, Dalat Oh, goodness. Guys, I can't stress enough. They have a bridge that has, like, two hands and the, and the bridge stretches over like, like between the thumb and the rest of the four fingers onto the next hand. And it's a tourist attraction. Um, like I told you, the clouds are very, very low. I'm not sure if it's because the elevation and whatnot. But to see a hotel on top of a hill and to see the clouds at the same level is absolute serenity to me. I just cannot believe that. Also, The city area, it's very, very clean with perfect sidewalks, perfectly paved sidewalks with a little bit of green area between the lake and the street. And then you have this these nice clouds in the background. And you have a lake literally running through the entire city. Guys, this is probably the most underrated city in all of Southeast Asia. Because the amount of forestry and the waterfalls and just the scenery in general is just spectacular. My goodness, baby, I can't wait to go to Bay Oh, my goodness, I don't know what to do. Oh, my goodness, just gorgeous. How come no one ever talks about these places? I'm just in shock. But anyways, I got to go there. And you know what's even more amazing? Because I live in Thailand, going there, guys, you won't even believe this. It's only 100 US dollars. I'm not talking about one way, round trip, okay? Now, again, people would say return in British English, but round trip in American English, meaning $50 there, $50 back. I mean, <laughs> how lucky am I? Oh my God, so, so grateful. Um, And guys, that is Dalat. So is this a place that I would love to live? It's very difficult to say because I'm more of a city body now. Now, being from Las Vegas, oh my God, when I come outside my home, you don't see many people, okay? Now, again, I lived in North Las Vegas, right on the cusp, but when I got to the main road, sure, there's about 10, 15 cars driving in other directions. Um, There's some people walking on the sidewalks at the corner. Unfortunately, there was a... Uh, very, very uh, ugly uh, homeless shelter. But you know it's for homeless people. But the thing is the homeless people lived outside the homeless shelter because they don't want to accept the help from the homeless shelter, which is just shocking. So they sat out there on the streets and, of course, they had a lot of mental disorders and stuff like that. So when I told people, yeah, I live over there on Las Vegas Boulevard at Owens," they go, you live near the homeless people. I'm like, yeah, not really. I live inside. I I live in a horrible neighborhood. God damn it. But that was when I used to live in Las Vegas. But I did not create that environment. That wasn't the environment that I created. That was the environment that my mother taught me to live in. But I broke free of that when I went to Australia. And then, of course, when I ended up moving here to Thailand in May of 2013. And you know what? When I moved here, living in Chantaburi, guys, Chantaburi, just straight us. I'm telling you, there are just snakes everywhere. Snakes everywhere. Oh, my goodness gracious. I remember I was driving, and there was just a snake right there. I said, oh, hell no. This thing was about three feet, one meter. Easy, easy. Um, frogs, crabs. You know what? It's just a big green area. And don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. I returned there about three years ago uh, to Mankon. You know, in English, it's Mengala. okay? It's a university. And I did a TOEIC workshop through the job that I used to work at, you know, three years ago. And I remember on that campus, they had cows who were very angry. Okay, the cows chased us for whatever reason it was, and they had an ostrich. And so I love it because the ostrich was just doing its thing. And I went with this other teacher by the name of Mike there from South Africa. And I said, hey, and you know how ostriches are. They have those long necks, and it just looked up at me. And then, of course, it started like walking the way it does. Right towards me, and it just stared at me. And I was like, "Hey, man, I just—I don't—I I want no problems. I just wanted to see how you were doing, how are they taking care of you out here. Is everything all right?" And he just stared at me. He didn't talk back. But anyways, Chantaburi—it's very beautiful, but because it's so green, that comes with a lot of water, also known as rain. So the raining season, guys. I lived there for five months. All I saw were probably, probably about a week or two weeks of sunshine. Is depressing, and if you're not living in the city like you are in Bangkok, you could still do things in Bangkok, regardless of the rain, and still have a great time. In Chanthaburi, there is no train system, and unless you have a car, there's still nothing to do out there. So I did feel a little bit depressed being in a rainy, a uh, rainy-infested province. So when I went to the south of Thailand, there was a little bit of rain here and there, but it wasn't too crazy. Yes, there was a a flood season and it gets a little crazy out there, but there is predominantly a lot of good sunshine, you know, so it was much better. But again, it wasn't exciting. But when I came here to Bangkok, I just love being around a lot of people. It's a love-hate relationship. Being on the train and seeing these people get really close to me, you know, no problem with the women. But when the guys get close to me, I'm like, man, what's going on here, man? You best to step up off me, man. Get away from me. What you doing? Don't make me get all crazy up in here. Get all American up in here. So being here in Bangkok, absolutely love it because I love being in a city where there's a lot of people. I hate boring. Now other people would love boring, but that's what I prefer. I prefer to live in a rich city full of a lot of people. I cannot conform back to a very boring place like in the middle of Oklahoma. Can you imagine? Remember I told you guys a very long time ago that uh, there was a specific, uh, what is it? A per, uh, man, I don't even know what they call it out there. District. Let's call it a district in Iowa. A couple of people were listening to me and I'm like, wow, Iowa. Okay, this is really interesting. So I copied and pasted that specific district name into Google and oh my god, population of probably 100 and that right there now if you were born in that no problem it would be very difficult for you to acclimate meaning get used to the city but going from a city of 10 million to a city of 100 oh no 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 no, can't do it can't do it no way no how so that's just my preference so what's your preference so what factors do you think decide the quality of a uh, of life in a city. Oh my god. So this could be a wide range of things. Uh, it could be green areas. It could be the accessibility to different things, different activities. Um and that's why probably a lot of people think California in America is very very beautiful because you know they have a you know they have Yosemite in the north and then they have places like Six Flags and Disneyland for the kids and then you have the beaches on the west uh, the west side uh, you know the West Coast, obviously uh, California. Yeah, you know there's a there's a variety of different things that you can do. Um, also expenses would be a thing. Uh, food of course prices. So these are some things. So I'm gonna talk about that very very soon. So and the last number three, which cities in the world do you imagine offer the best quality of life? Okay, so what I want you to do before you even go on Google, choose five cities in the world that you think provide the best quality of life, okay? Now, there's a consulting company called Mercer that ranks cities around the world according to the quality of living of the inhabitants. And these are the 10 different categories that they consider. Number one, political and social environment. Do people speak to each other? Is the political environment okay? Number two, economic environment. Do people make a very livable wage? health and sanitation absolutely 100%. Funny because I'm living out here in Thailand. <laughs> sanitation is not one of the not one of their areas of expertise, right? But uh hey, it's all hey, it's all gravy, you know what I'm saying? Four, socio-cultural environment is it very diverse? And do people of different ethnic groups speak to one another? This is the biggest problem with America because in America, you have the Chinese neighborhoods, you have the Italian neighborhoods, you have the Korean neighborhoods. I think that just – they still have that segregation type of mindset that they had back in the 1940s. A lot of people would say, no, but it's rich in the culture. You could go there and get this food. Yes, but they need to coexist within the same neighborhoods. The moment you say, oh, I live in this neighborhood because this is where all these particular people live, it's just I just don't believe in that. It's like out here in Thailand. Thailand is a place called Rakamhang. It's very good for the women because they are they normally see colored men, especially from Africa, on a routine basis. Now, Women in that side, in that area, are more susceptible and more prone, you know, vo- you know, they're more open-minded towards color people versus other areas like Tongla and Ekamai, which are areas where there are lots of Japanese, and they only see, let's say, Caucasian people of different uh, cities. So when an African or someone of color goes to that area... The Japanese, they respond in a very not delightful manner, as well as the Chinese, as well as the Koreans and other people, especially the Thais. So, again, these are problems that exist in communities. So, you cannot say Bangkok. You cannot say Los Angeles. You cannot say New York City is very diverse because there are still communities where only one group of people exist. I don't believe in that shit anymore. So, excuse my French. Now, let's go into schools and education very, very important. Because education, we have to redefine the word education too, okay? What I'm teaching you guys is very hands-on stuff to make you really think about where you're actually living. Schools, very important. Public services and transportation, recreation, consumer goods, housing, and natural environment, which I would deem to be probably number two and number three. That's why when I saw the lot, I was like, "Oh, ah! The lot, you, is so beautiful. You see what I mean? Because that natural environment, being around nature, is everything. And that's what Thailand lacks now. They're taking away the nature and they're just sticking condominiums everywhere. And it's going to create more and more heat, making it more more unbearable to live. (laughs) So here we go. Now you guys can go to my blog and you can look at some of the results from 2014. Number one, Vienna, Austria is your most livable city on the planet. Number two, Zurich, Switzerland, which is funny because I just brought Chamka on and she was like, oh my God, Zurich is just in a box it's born, it's this and that. Hey, it is what it is And it's funny because expenses when it comes to transportation well transportation's okay, but the expenses still remains a massive problem. Auckland, New Zealand. that's another one. Munich, okay? Germany, Vancouver, Canada, Dusseldorf, Germany, Frankfurt, Germany, Geneva, Switzerland, Copenhagen, Denmark, which is a place I would love to visit, and Bern, Switzerland. So Switzerland and Germany have probably six of the top ten, and this was from five years ago, okay? But again, this is all shifting towards the Nordic and the uh, the Nordic countries out there in the north of Europe. We're talking about the Finland, the Denmark, the Sweden. Well, not necessarily those countries. But again, it's it, everything is pointing towards European countries. So those are the most livable cities on the planet. It's funny how Auckland is in the top – what is it? In the top ten, which is very, very interesting. But anywho. What I have here is some vocabulary to describe cities and towns. Now, guys, this is developing writing. This is all going to come together on my Patreon. So if you guys want to, of course, talk about a livable city, your city and whatnot, use some of these vocabulary terms to describe cities and towns. So one would be atmospheric. Okay, the other one would be bustling, which means like like Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City is one. Okay, very, very bustling. It's very loud, which I don't like. Dalat is completely different. Cosmopolitan, Tokyo would fit well. And Seoul, South Korea would fit very, very well into this uh, specific vocabulary term. Crowded! Okay, crowded. Oh my God. New Delhi, India. Uh, Lagos, Nigeria. These are overpopulated capitals of the world. And they provide very, very big problems as well as... Unfortunately, filth. Filthy. Now, I do not want to say that the entire city is filthy, but hey, guys, in Las Vegas near my <laughs> near my home, it was filth. It was very filthy. Why? Because a lot of these homeless people would literally defecate, meaning poo-poo, on the street. So it creates an amount of filth. Downtown Las Vegas. I believe that that is filth. Why? Because a lot of these homeless people saturate the place. And what they do is obscene and just repugnant, just ugly and inhumane things to get money from tourists. I don't want to explain these things that they do, but it's really, really, it's dehumanizing. And so I believe that downtown Las Vegas and where I live is very, very filthy, just as well as out here in Thailand, in Bangkok. There's a place called Klong Thoi. All right, these are people who live in space where the government does not own and is alongside the river. And they literally eat out of trash cans there. And the, the stench there is, is, oh my goodness. There's also a river called Klong Sam Sat. And this river is black, full of dead things of all kinds. Okay. And the moment you get some of that water on your skin, your skin develops a rash. That's called filth, okay? So, again, you don't want to use this all the time and say, oh, that country's filth. No, 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 no. I'm saying specific areas, okay? Because there are some gorgeous areas of Bangkok which are beyond beautiful. But then there are parts of Bangkok that are nasty, okay? Just like Las Vegas. Disgusting areas. But if you go to Summerlin, okay, which is about 15 miles or, I'm sorry, 50 kilometers, about 8 miles west of where that location is it's freaking beautiful so and and it's also hilly which brings me to the next vocabulary term historic all right industrial that's kind of like banchang in thailand just a very big industrial estate and this is a big problem and growing problem in different parts of china because they emit so much pollution from coal burning, right? So industrial areas, especially in New Orleans, they have a leakage of different uh, things that cause radiation, and you know what's so sad? The air that comes out of some of these factories in different parts of New Orleans, who, Brian A. Street, who I interviewed on the Arsenio Buck Foundation, he brought it to my attention, and I watched the video, about 80% of the residents who die in that specific county next to that industrial estate have died from cancer. Why? Because there is something that is put out into the air. I forgot what the name is. You guys could find this. If you want me to, I could share it. But again, it's bringing that type of awareness saying, hey guys, stop this. Close down this factory. Get it the hell out of here. You're killing the residents. So, again, pretty crazy, huh? Isolate it. Um, Bhutan is a very isolated country, right? Uh, Magnificent, picturesque. Dalat is very picturesque. Quaint, meaning a little mysterious, a little odd, a little strange, old-fashioned quality. Renowned for, uh, Bangkok is renowned for fill in the blank. (laughs) No, it's renowned for... Some world-class restaurants, some world-class food, but it's also renowned for some things that we shouldn't get in discussion for. <laughs> rundown. Gary, Indiana. Flint, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. These are rundown areas. Parts, a lot of parts of Los Angeles are rundown, but they just don't want to put that, of course, on the news because then that'll generate a different, a different perception of what Los Angeles is per se. So, shabby. Shabby, oh my God. That's a very interesting word. I'll have you guys look that up, spotless, <laughs> meaning it is there is not a thing anywhere. So I would say Tokyo's spotless because they don't believe in – there ain't no trash anywhere. It's just perfect everywhere. I love it. In Tokyo, some of the Japanese people, they just, they're sweeping the concrete. So you go down some of these streets, and it's just pure beauty. Oh, my God, just amazing. Sprawling, steeped in, thriving, touristy, vibrant, welcoming, well-connected, well-off. Well-off, obviously, that means, hey, you know what? Got some money. So the well-off places here in good old Bangkok, Thailand would be, uh, it's along some of the SkyTrain stations, right? So we're talking about uh Pong Law, Ekamai, Prompong, these are well-off areas because you see a lot of high society women who literally alter their facial structures and they wear some of these name-brand clothing so they can strut their stuff and walk along and say, yeah, I'm a sexy woman, <laughs> you know what I mean? So well-off, well-connected. Um, I think Italians are very, very well-connected. I think they know how to live in the moment and they have these wonderful dinners outside at 8 and 9 o'clock at night with some wine and some beautiful Italian cuisine speaking to one another. You know, I think that's a beautiful thing. Welcoming. Um what is a very welcoming oh my god Hawaii. Hawaii's absolutely very welcoming um to just about everyone. They're just amazing. Um I remember when I went with my friend Elisa, <laughs> she fell in love this one time we were in Hawaii with this guy named Kirk. And we were walking along the beach. Uh, it was near Awalani Resort, the Disney Resort out there in Hawaii. And before we got there, we came across this guy who waved us over. And he was kind of like trying to sell services. But this guy was just – he his personality, oh, my God, was just amazing. Now, you guys are going to hear about personalities coming up in this week's podcast with uh, someone from Peru. Oh, you guys are going to like that, especially my Peruvians who listen to my podcast. But – Nonetheless, um uh what is it? Welcoming. They are extremely welcoming. Hawaiians are just amazing. Now, am I saying all of them? Not all of them, but just in general, they are very welcoming. So guys, these are vocabulary terms and make sure you turn into the second part. Tune into the second part of this podcast, okay? You must because if you don't, you're missing out on just about everything. So go on to my Patreon. And make sure you tune into that half of the podcast too. So, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning into a speaking, um, looking at some of these pictures, writing down some things, and of course, developing some of these wonderful vocabulary terms. Now, some of these come in doubles on my blog. So, two of them will go with one definition. Remember that. Alright, so 16 vocabulary terms, 8 definitions. Make sure you match them, make sure you name them on my Instagram, and I'm looking forward to it. So guys, with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to another ESL podcast. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, over and out.